Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Terry Xu. I'm from Purdue University at Computer Science Department. I'm a fifth year PhD student working with my advisor, Patrick Uxter, and uh, Matthias Payer. Um, so thank you for coming. I'm presenting a joint work with my co-author, Kevin Hoffman, who is a previous PhD student, graduated uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and my advisor, Patrick Uxter, and Matthias Payer here. Um, this work is about strict thread isolation for C or C++ multi-threaded applications. Um, we published this work at um, this year's CCS in Vienna, um, and you're welcome to check out the paper online. So let's get started. So um, what are the problems of today's software? So today's software um, have numerous components running within the same process address space. What makes this situation a security nightmare is that um, some of these software components, they could be developed by various third parties. So um, if a targeted application is a multi-threaded application, then all of these software components are unconditionally trusted, even if they shouldn't be. So that's the, the problem here. Um, to provide isolation for um, software components, one could use process to isolate program data. Um, but that requires the programmer to completely redesign the legacy software. Another popular solution is based on software fault isolation, um, which could cause various um, delays due to the software monitor, um, depending on the implementation techniques. So here we're using a really simple example to illustrate the isolation problem in a single process address space. Um, imagine this green box to be the address space of a program. Um, in this example, the program stores its own secret, and they shouldn't be accessible by other irrelevant software components. But as you all know, the software could load um, modules, plugins for uh, web browsers to even access the physical devices on your systems, and various libraries, and even microservices. So as the program adds more and more components to the same process address space, it increases the chance of being compromised. So that's a, that's a problem. It takes only one comp component to be compromised to exploit the entire program. Um, this problem is due to the intrinsically shared single process address space and the lack of intra-process isolation. So one could use process to isolate the software components, but process isolation has its, its own drawbacks. For example, non-trivial IPC increases um, the code complexity, and sometimes um, even the performance overhead is ob observable. Um, also, there's a lot, a lot of resource duplication at system level. And cross-process synchronization can also be a headache for programmers. And most importantly, it is extremely difficult to overhaul programs with large code base to use process isolation. But if we could safely bring all this uh, process, process address space together and therefore remove the expensive IPC, programmers will be able to selectively isolate the process memory and have an efficient and secure partially shared memory pool. So the ability to selectively isolate the process memory allows the program to eliminate IPC and to share as many resources as possible at the system level. And the program could assume thread synchronization still works. And because of the shared memory assumption, the code changes um, could be minimum in terms of memory access and data sharing. So efficient and secure intra-process isolation is the motivation of our work here. 
Um, our goal is to provide the programmer with a programming abstraction to selectively isolate process memory uh, with several properties. Uh, we believe that in order for security tools to, uh, to be widely and quickly adapted, um, a tool needs to be flexible so that um, no matter the client or the server-side applications can take advantage of it. Second, we think, that, um, we think that new tools should be extremely easy to use without the need for a programmer to overhaul the entire uh, legacy software. Also, um, a tool that does not require hardware modifications or specific hardware means that it is ready to be deployed on today's commodity system. Um, last but not least, um, a tool shouldn't sacrifice parallelism when providing security. And it should guarantee the security of the software without serializing um, execution. So to address these um, design challenges, we propose secure memory views. We call it SMVs. It allows the programmer to selectively isolate a process address space based on user-defined policy. So we define three abstractions to manage process memory to achieve intra-process isolation. First, um, we define a memory protection domain to be in a contiguous range of virtual memory address. Second, um, we define a secure memory view as a threat container with a collection of uh, memory protection domain. So an SMV defines whether a threat could um, read, write, um, execute, or allocate free data in the memory domain. So finally, we, uh, we create a special threat called SMV threat that strictly follows the privilege defined by SMVs. So here's a high-level overview of uh, what SMVs look like. Uh, there are five memory domains in this example and four SMV threads. Um, and thread T4 is using two memory domains, as you can see in, in, in this figure. So suppose domain LL is compromised by the attacker. So it's marking red. And this is what the uh, memory domains look like in the program's virtual address space. So the, um, the compromised T thread, uh, the compromised thread T, T3 um, is isolated by SMV3. They can only access the memory pages in the memory domain L. So it is not possible for T3 to access memory pages in memory domain S that stores the program secret, even, even though they are just threads living within the same process address space. Okay, so SMV is really easy to use. Uh, the programmer just need to link the SMV library when compiling source code and uh, include a header file. So just to give a really simple example of how to use SMVs with some of the basic API calls. Um, first, we can create a memory domain and store the program secret in that domain. Then we create an SMV container, and we make the SMV join the memory domain. So there's a, there's a mapping recording in the system. In order to access data in the memory domain, uh, we need to grant permission to the SMV. Uh, so you can see there's a dash line there and uh, also the privilege recorded at, at the bottom of SMV. So here we allow SMV1 to read data in memory domain 1, but nothing else. And finally, we create an SMV thread that is totally isolated by SMV1. Okay, so after the SMV thread finishes uh, its job, then we join the thread. So the thread leaves the system and make the SM, uh, SMV leave the system, and we kill SMV, and then kill the memory domain from the system. So um, this privilege setup might be a little um, inconvenient in terms of um, refactoring the legacy software. 
So we provide um, an easier way to, for the programmer to minimize the code refactoring effort. So the SMV API could automatically intercept uh, malloc and pthread create calls and replace them with a um, set of SMV-related functions. Therefore, the, the programmer only needs to add two lines of code to the program, one for the header and another, lines of, another line of code for initializing the main program. Uh, in, the, in this library assisted setup, each pthread is um, automatically intercepted and replaced by an SMV thread, and will receive a private domain for its stack initially. Um, so the programmer could assume that threads are isolated from each other. In addition, thread local memory allocation happens automatically in that thread's private, private um, domain that is not accessible by all other threads. So in this case, where threads need to in in in, a, in the case where threads needs to share data, um, the program could create a shared domain and carefully control the access privilege. So far, we've talked about how to use um, our proposed SMVs uh, from the user space. Um, we implemented the, the SMV API in the user space for about 800 lines of code. But what's really managing the memory views and enforcing the memory, memory reference is actually in the kernel space that we implemented with um, around 2,000 lines of code in our Linux kernel prototype. Uh, we've added SMV kernel module that acts as a system calls to invoke internal kernel function. Um, the SMV metadata management manage the, manages the overall per-process isolation setup. We also, man, we also manipulate the page table for threads um, to isolate their memory space. And we utilize the page fault handler as a software monitor to trap um, illegal memory references. So dig into the details. In the current Linux kernel, each process has one MM struct. Here, MM struct, the MM means um, memory management in, in kernel, in Linux kernel. So the MM struct, MM struct describes the memory space of a process. A process, a process child thread uses the same MM struct so that they are seeing the exact same virtual memory space and with, with the same permission. Um, for metadata management, we added several data structures to record a per-process isolation setup in the, in the kernel space. The most important ones are um, uh, struct and SME struct. They record the privilege setup and virtual address mapping with privilege information inside the kernel so that the attacker cannot um, bypass um, kernel-level protection to just to crack SMV's design. It has, to, um, it has to exploit kernel in order to uh, attack SMVs. So you will notice each, M each SMV use one page table. Um, so we describe how we separate page table in the next slide. Um, this is how the original Linux kernel manages a process and its threads memory space. So you can see there, in this example, there are three threads. Uh, all sharing the same page table and all the me uh, memory management related data, data, metadata. But in SMVs, uh, we don't want threads to have, uh, to have global access to the entire process address space. Therefore, we need to separate their page tables. Um, all threads should mutually agree on the, the process address space. But with different page tables, 
threads are actually um, seeing the same virtual memory space, but with, the, with uh, different permissions. So with this um, memory management, we could allow thread one to read and write to the protected region. And um, thread two could only read, while thread three has no permission at all. So this partially shared memory, um, memory space has several benefits. For example, it allows um, legacy thread synchronization that utilizes MM's chalk to work with SMB seamlessly. Um, if you use pthreads library, uh, most of the most of the pthreads API calls, when they are using uh, calling the synchronization APIs internally, Linux kernel uses this MM struct. Um, it also allows debugging tools such as Valguine to attach to an SME program because um, we don't use clone syscall to create different process address space which breaks the uh, single, process address, uh, single process address space assumption for tools like Belgrain. Um, and most importantly, uh, we found that sharing the same MM struct could avoid many kernel synchronization for M-related data structures. Okay, so once we have threads page tables set up separately, we can check the access privilege when a page fault happens. So when we're handling a page fault, the original Linux kernel only checks whether a memory access is valid by determining if a given memory area is mapped in a system. Um, if a region is, is not mapped, a segmentation fault signal will be delivered to the, uh, to the program and that triggered a page fault. If an access memory region is mapped or fixable, then the kernel will proceed to prepare the, the memory page and the same instruction is executed again without <laughs> without a segfault signal. So to facilitate intra-process isolation, we added additional privilege checks just before the kernel actually proceed to fix the page fault. So the added privilege checks are marked in a, in a gray box. Our privilege checks first make sure the thread type. If the fault is generated by an SME thread, it further checks whether the SME thread is running in, uh, is running in the SMB that has the privilege to access the domain containing the fault address. If the page fault passes all checks, then the SMB kernel will perform domain paging to fix the page fault. Otherwise, the SMB kernel will send segmentation fault signal to the faulty SMB thread to block underprivileged access. So um, that's, that's all for a high-level implementation. So now we go to evaluation. We evaluated our SMB's prototype on um, Intel machine with four cores and 16 gigabytes of RAM running um, our modified Linux kernel based on version, uh, pretty recent version released early this year. Um, we compile all the benchmarks into two versions, pthreads and SMB threads. Um, for all the multi-30 benchmarks, we created N plus one protection domains, uh, where N is the number of threads and the additional memory domain is the global pool for threads to securely share data. Um, to make sure our modification doesn't break the Linux kernel's correctness, well, we tested our SMV kernel with um, a set of testing scripts in a Linux test project. I didn't observe any system errors or kernel panic. So it's just basically a set of uh, script that is matching all the workload to your kernel and see if uh, your kernel crashes or didn't pass any test case 
or your kernel will uh, sometimes your most mo in most of the case your kernel will um, have kernel panic if your memory uh, pages is not set up correctly. Uh, so we pass all that checks. Um, the benchmark we used are Parsec, Firefox web, brow uh, web browser, Cherokee, and Apache web service. So all this uh, all this experiment can be reproduced on um, on systems running on today's x86 hardware. So first we look at Parsec, um, which includes 12 applications in different application domains. For example, machine learning, compression, decompression, and graphics kind of workloads. Um, th these applications are all multi-threaded with um, pretty complex threat interaction and uh, memory operations. Although it is not necessary to protect the security of this uh, uh, benchmark application because they are just uh, benchmark program without program secret, but we use Parsec to show that um, SMB can protect threats private stack uh, for different um, applications with intensive and parallel memory app operations. So there are 12 benchmarks, and the last bar is the average overhead. The overhead, the overall performance overhead is around 2%, and we only added uh, about two lines of code to each of the benchmarks. So to test uh, real-world applications, we first look at multi-threaded web, uh, web servers. Uh, we chose Cherokee because it uses per-thread memory buffer to isolate threads from remote connections. Um, the SMV version of the server is able to automatically handle thread isolation with only two lines of code changes, one line for the header and another one initial for initializing the main program. Um, the server has 40 threads by default to handle uh, incoming requests concurrently. Um, we use standard Apache Bench to send uh, 100,000 requests with concurrency levels up to four and measure the runtime overhead. So the results suggest that the security enhanced Cherokee server does not incur more than 1% of runtime overhead in all cases. Um, we also ran experiments with Apache web server with even larger files um, up to one gigabyte and the overhead stays below 1%. Finally, we look at um, whether SMB will work on practical and more complex software such as web browsers that require strong resource isolation we use SMVs to protect um, Firefox JavaScript engine. It's called SpiderMonkey. The original Firefox um, um, already isolates resource uh, for, for different tabs using the concept of compartments. But the isolation boundaries for these compartments are only logical, meaning that um, if there is an, a memory bug, then the attacker can exploit that memory bug can, uh, and then attack other compartments. It's still possible. Um, so we introduced a new thread type called SMB thread to Firefox with uh, around 12 lines of code changes so that uh, JavaScript engine could isolate uh, jobs for different compartments. So we ran, we ran these four different JavaScript benchmarks available online. Uh, you can run this benchmark online to use your, your browser, Safari or Chrome. Um, and we run we ran these uh, benchmarks and I measured the runtime of overhead. Each benchmark contains about 20 to 40 workloads. Um, these benchmarks are they are designed to to be run in in its own tab, and the page faults are trapped by SMVs to check the threat's access privilege. So the overall result indicates that uh, the uh, the performance overhead is about two percent. It's about two percent on average. Um, 
So we believe our prototype could be practical and uh, could be practical for production software like Firefox. Okay. So there are some limitations and concerns surrounding the current prototype of SMVs. For example, SMVs do not protect against malicious library threats. So to overcome this issue, um, the programmer could obtain library source code and then compile it with SMVs for maximum protection. Second, SMVs provide intra-process isolation, but have to trust the OS kernel. Um, there are several orthogonal works that could be used to further isolate the OS kernel. For example, nested kernel for x86 architecture or SCI on, on ARM for mobile devices. Also, currently, SMEs do not protect against the text targeting data on the same page. Um, this problem could be handled by um, avoiding de poor data placement. For example, don't put program secrets right next to an attacker control payload in the same page. And finally, SMEs cannot guard system with hardware bugs um, that will affect the correctness of the page table bits. Uh, we have some uh, interesting ideas for our ongoing work. Um, just to name a few, we envision a secure context switch mechanism that um, allows SME threats to securely switch between different SMEs. Um, such mechanism will help applications to uh, that embedded privilege component into underprivileged one in the same process space to isolate the main reviews. For example, um, serverless database applications such as um, SQL i3 or Tokyo cabinet. In addition, we're also looking at mechanisms for SMEs across different process address spaces to collaborate in a secure and controlled fashion. So this will provide software almost unbounded amount of virtual memory with capabilities protection. Finally, SMEs rely on the correctness of isolation setup um, to provide protection. Therefore, um, we are interested in designing a practical tool that would guide the programmer to um, design secure computing environment. Okay, to, uh, to summarize, we propose a programming abstraction with kernel level implementation called SMVs for intra-process isolation. SMVs allow the programmer to selectively isolate process memory for threats so that a malicious fault domain cannot compromise other benign ones. We believe SMVs are flexible and easy to use. It's flexible as um, we've shown that we were able to use SMVs on different software from desktop web browser to backend web service. Um, it's easy to use because um, the, the evaluation showed that SMVs require at most 12 lines of code changes to legacy software, such as Firefox with 13 million lines of code. Um, SMVs rely on commodity hardware so no FPGA or special hardware is needed. Lastly, um, the system's low runtime overhead in various benchmarks and real-world applications to show that this protection mechanism could become a fairly practical solution for intra-process isolation. I conclude my talk. Um, the SME prototype is publicly available on GitHub. You're welcome to try the system now, and uh, I'm sure the prototype is not perfect. So feel free to contact me if you have interest, interesting ideas on how to improve the prototype or any spin-up projects. Thank you. I'll take questions.
Any questions? <laughs> I have a question. Could you go in more details? How do you enforce those policies? So the policy is defined by the programmer. So the programmer has to say, okay, I have this set of virtual memory region, and then I allow only set of threads to access those region. So it's set up by the programmer at a high, high level, but the privilege uh, enforcement is uh, implemented in the kernel level. So this is the architecture. So you can use API calls. As a programmer, you can use our API calls to um, insert um, the uh, policy setup in your source code and then compile it with our library. And then you run the program on our kernel. Whenever there's a um, security violation, the kernel will intercept that violation through page fault. Yes. So there are two parts. One part is um, user-level library, and there is another part that's sitting inside the kernel. So as you can see in this our architecture figure, so I have user-level. There is user-level SMV user space API. So those are the APIs the programmer uses to um, set up the security policy. And after that, everything, every the, uh, all the Secure, um, access enforcement is done by the kernel, which is located in the kernel space, and the programmer has no privilege to touch those. What kind of tracking will the attacker have to go through the kernel space? I, I wouldn't say it's, it's not possible. It, it is possible because there are a lot of kernel exploits existing in today's attack. I, I wouldn't say it's hard either. I would say it's an orthogonal topic. You can use other protection mechanisms and then combine that, com combine that with SMVs to provide full protection. Yeah. Are there other questions? All right, thank you.